We're going to be looking at a couple of other passages as well this morning. And so keep your fingers nimble, if you would, because we want to think about not, and you know in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, we're going to get into how the gift, the gifts are to be utilized in love. But what is the ultimate purpose of God gifting every believer in the Lord? And I think we can see that very clearly when we look at the mentions of spiritual gifts in the Bible. In fact, you don't have to turn there, but in chapter 1, I remind you that we did months ago, Paul says, and ye come behind in no gift, and no gift. So what really should we be thinking about in utilizing our spiritual gifts. And we're not going to focus this morning on the different gifts. We're going to be focused on they all have one purpose in mind. This is significant. This is vitally important. We miss a lot if we don't understand what the Bible says about the purpose for spiritual gifts. So I want us to begin by looking at Romans chapter 1. Now we're going to get back, but go to Romans chapter 1 with me if you would. Romans chapter 1. And I want you to notice this is the first mention in the New Testament, in the Bible actually, about spiritual gifts. And um, I think it's very important for us um, to think about what's being said. And actually, I said Romans 12. I meant Romans 1. Did I say Romans 1 or 12? Romans 1. Look with me at verse 11 and 12. Paul, as he so often does, begins by greeting the church that he's writing to, commending them. And he says in verse 11 of Romans 1, for I long to see you. That's not some platitude of kindness. That is genuine, heartfelt I love you, I have compassion for you, I want the best for you. So he says, I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. There it is, first mention. Notice, to the end ye may be established. Established in what? That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. We get an indication here very clearly that God wants to establish that word, another word we could pull up that maybe connects with us a little better in our day and age, is he strengthens us. He strengthens us what? He strengthens us that we could be built up in faith. In faith. Notice he called it mutual faith. Paul's saying, I haven't arrived at faith, walking by faith, and I want to help you be more diligent in your walk of faith. We know the priority of faith. Scripture is clear throughout that faith pleases God. And that isn't faith being talked about. 
That's faith in action. That's faith lived out. That's taking the word of God. And when it speaks to you and I, we don't say, I can't do that. We say, boy, that seems hard. But by faith, I'm going to do what the Bible says to do. Does that make sense? That is it, isn't it? Isn't the walk of faith that way? It's not a walk of sight. It's not how easy can I find my way. It's how much can I trust God and believe what he says and do what he says. I find that we're going into revival and uh, it's an opportunity to invite people to church. And you know what that's going to take in a lot of us? A step of faith. You know why? It can be a little fearful of people. What will they say? What will they think? What if they say, no way, I'd never come to your church. But faith isn't knowing the outcome. Faith is taking the steps that God directs us to take. And so we see here in this Romans 1 passage that God gifts us and Paul is encouraging them, wanting them to, when he says impart unto you some spiritual gift, the implication is I want my gift to energize your gift all for one purpose, that our faith increases. And I remind you, the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith isn't some, I got it figured out, Bob. I know what to do. That isn't faith. Faith is, here's what God says. I don't see how it's going to come out. I'm a little bit afraid about what's going to happen if I do this, but I'm going to do it because God says to do it. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Are we to be a witness? Are we to be ambassadors? Are we to be talking to people about the Lord Jesus Christ? The answer is absolutely yes. Part of that can be inviting them to church. But I want to remind you, if someone doesn't come to church, doesn't mean you can't be a great ambassador to go to them and share the gospel with them. We have these wonderful tracks that one of our former members does. And um, based on the seasons, this happens to be the autumn one. I guess fall comes in a couple of weeks. But um, very decorative, heavy, kind of a cardstock kind of a thing. And uh, on the back, it talks about a per, uh, uh, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. And it walks through John 3.16, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9. Right there on the card. And then it gives them the times of services and all of that. We need to be faithfully. Joe just challenges to do the bridge of. Joe, I forgot. It's called the bridge of life or the life bridge. Bridge of life track. And what a great tool that is. So what we're being encouraged here is to use our gift to build others faith. In fact, I found it interesting, a similar phrase to establish is found in 1 Thessalonians 3.2. Timothy says, um, 
that Timothy was sent to them to establish and comfort you concerning your faith. Concerning your faith. Now, think with me for a minute. In fact, let me ask a question before I ask you to think. How many of you would say, based on 1 Corinthians 12 I and Romans 12, I believe I know what my main spiritual gift is? Raise your hand if you think you know that. Keep it up, good and high, if you know it. Okay, all right, that's a good step. That's a key step. But you know, if you couldn't raise your hand, that doesn't keep you from doing what the Bible says. Now, we want to encourage you to figure out what your main spiritual gift is. And I remind us, because this is an invaluable truth, that knowing, for example, that there's a gift of giving, that doesn't mean if you don't have the gift of giving, you shouldn't give to the Lord your time, your talents, your possessions. Everybody understand? We need to be manifesting all the gifts, mercy, ruling, teaching, exhorting, proclaiming, All the gifts need to be a part of us, but we have usually one gift that is the main motivational thing that we we do. I've always been amazed. In fact, this dear teacher right here, Miss Edwards, her mother passed away some years back. Seemed like before I could get to the hospital, because I learned one of our members was in the hospital, Mrs. Edwards was already there, ministry. I didn't tell her to. I didn't assign her. I didn't say, you got to do this. She just was motivated to go and minister to people that were in a hospital. And she spent a lot of time in the hospital. That may have been one of the motivations. She had a number of serious health issues through the years. But, but the truth of the matter is, and here's what I want you to think about. How is it then that you are using your gift to build up others' faith. And I wrote down a few things here, not from this passage, 1 Corinthians 12, but I think you'll see they're all scriptural. First one I wrote down is faith to grow in Christ-likeness. Faith to grow in Christ-likeness. What are, what are you, think about that for just a minute. We meet together. We see each other throughout the week from time to time. But we, we shouldn't just come to have fellowship and get to see our friends. We should come to build faith. Build faith in others. What? Faith in Christ's likeness. Does it make a difference how you and I act in establishing Christ-likeness? Absolutely does. Many times, it's that first impression, is it not, that speaks to people about who we are. You realize that how you dress tells people a whole lot about who you ultimately want to serve? Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to what? The glory of God. God isn't glorified by sloppiness. God isn't glorified by immodesty. God isn't glorified by doing what you want to do to be comfortable or me. If you look at the progressive church today, you'll find it's all about how comfortable can we be in church. I don't see anywhere where scripture talks about that, do you? 
In fact, I find everywhere, it's awful quiet in here, I find it, I find it very, very significant that the Bible is replete with follow me as I follow Christ, sacrifice, surrender, discipline. Aren't those the words that Scripture uses? And so it becomes vitally important that you and I, and that's why Paul says, hey, let's not have any ignorance about our spiritual gift. And we don't walk around with a proud heart saying, yeah, I know what my spiritual gift is. Bless God, I got the right spiritual gift. All the gifts are right and all are needed. But the importance is, what are we doing with our giftedness? Are we building people's faith in Christ-likeness? It makes a difference. I wrote down this. Um, Faith to trust and follow God's promises. What are we doing when we meet with other believers to encourage them to take the word of God, believe it, and follow it? You ever had somebody say to you, just in passing, maybe here at church, say to you, you know, I'm really struggling with what to do, and they name some situation in their life. You know what? The goal ought to be that you and I are recalling all those memory verses that we're learning to be able to give them a promise that they can claim and act on. Would you agree? Oh, Brother Francine, I am just so anxious about something. Well, let me encourage you. Have you prayed about it? The Bible says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Have you cast that care upon the Lord? Yeah, I seem to tell him every day. Well, after you tell him, what do you do? Do you trust that he took it and is going to help you through it? Do you see what we're talking about? If you and I are going to be faith builders, I'm talking about what really makes a difference, what's really important. And what is important is that you and I are living and walking by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. What are we saying? We want to help build people's faith so that they please God. Would you agree? We want them to trust Christ as Savior so they can please God with salvation. We want them to trust God by faith that teenagers listen carefully. Many of you are in a spot of thinking about and deciding what you would like to do in life. Wrong question. The right question is what does God want you to do with your life? Not what do you want to do. And trust me, God is not out to punish you and to make you do something you won't love. Not one amen. Is that not the truth? Am I, if I'm not telling the truth, get somebody else up here. You follow what we're saying? We're talking about spiritual gifts, and isn't it clear that spiritual gifts, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 
that uh, First Thessalonians that I, that I read to you, he talks about Timothy coming to establish them and to comfort them, what? In their faith. In their faith. We need to have great faith. Not that we're great, but faith in who God is. Trusting him. I have a couple more. I can tell those weren't too popular. Faith to have patience in trials. Faith to have patience in trials. Folks, we've had a lot of people here that have gone through some serious health trials and are still going through it. You know what the challenge is in the midst of that? Is God good? All the time. Be careful about saying something good happened to you and say, boy, God is good. Be equally as good to say when something bad happens, God is still good. God is good. What are we talking about? We're talking about building people's faith that are in a trial of affliction. A trial of affliction. How significant that is. Um, I wrote this down. Faith to confess sin and repent. You're talking to someone and you can tell they're overtaken in a fault, Galatians 6.1, or they're choosing to sin. Faith would say, boy, you need to confess that and repent of that and trust God and go in a different direction. That takes faith. Have you found it's easy to give up sin? I haven't. I find sin is a terrible taskmaster. It loves to attract you with all of its uh, glamour and bells and whistles and everything else. And once it's got you, it's like a hook in a fish's mouth with all those barbs. Doesn't want to let you go. I've only got one message this morning. Are you a faith builder? I'm not talking about bodybuilding, although if the body is the body of Christ, how are we building the body? With faith. With faith. I wrote down a couple of things. If you know what your gift is, primarily motivational gift, it's not as important as are you using whatever gifts and abilities you have to build the faith of others. Parents, are you building faith in your children? Grandparents, are you building faith in your kids and your grandkids? I thought of this story just now, actually. It wasn't in my notes. I wish I could tell you, boy, the Francines have always walked by faith. Not been true. But I remember our oldest son, Carl. Many of you know Carl. He's a go-getter. Don't wait for God. Plow ahead. And his senior year, he needed a car in college to do an internship. So we had a test of faith. Have you noticed you can open the newspaper anymore? We open Craigslist or whatever else we have. And you can find zillions of cars. Can you not? The problem isn't where's a car. The problem is which one, right? And so we decided 
as a family that we were going to pray about and ask God to give clarity to direct us to a car for our son who needed it. It wasn't just a, he was a, he was a college senior at that point, didn't have a car to that point. And so here we are praying about it. And somehow, if I get the story all right, I think I do, there was a mechanic down where he was going to college. And the mechanic said to my son, you know, one of the professors at college, I think has a car for sale. So we checked it out. Sure enough, it wasn't the professor's car. It was the professor's mom's car who was in her 90s who couldn't drive anymore. And literally, she drove it to the hair appointment back and forth every week for years. I forget, Pat, if you remember how many miles it had on it. It didn't have hardly any miles on it. How much do you want for it? Dirt cheap, in my opinion. $500. You know what? That was a good lesson for Bob Francine. And it was a good lesson for Carl Francine. Everything counts if we let God be involved and we're walking by faith. Trusting God, not not scheming, not manipulating, not knocking the doors down to get what we want because we're so headset on it, but genuinely encouraging and building faith. That car got passed on to two or three other families, if I remember right. One of them even in this church. What a blessing. What a blessing. I think I told you a long time ago, I had an unusual invitation. The invitation was to speak at a Presbyterian church. Now, Baptist pastors don't get asked to speak at Presbyterian churches, typically. And it was a Presbyterian church right over here on Vivian Road, and they were getting ready to build a building. And because we had built a building, they had come and looked at our building, they wanted somebody from the church to come and talk about building a building. So I went. And they had it at some restaurant, and you could tell they were raising money and doing all that. You know what? The joy in talking about this was not how great the building is, but how great God is when you trust God to build a building and not borrow money. You with me? That was the joy in talking to those people. That gave all the, God all the glory. Who deserves the glory, not us. And many of you sitting here were involved in that whole process. What a joy it is. All I'm saying and trying to convey that the Spirit of God is conveying through 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 1. And we've got another passage to look at here if we have time. But the importance of using all of our gifts and abilities to build people's faith. I wrote this down. This is my little thought. 
Focus on faith building, not gift bragging. You know, one of the dangers about spiritual gifts is we can get kind of proud about it. God doesn't want us to brag about our gift. He wants us to use our gift to build the faith. Build the faith in ourselves. Build the faith in others. How significant that is. Are we genuinely building faith? And, you know, I think it's important to understand that spiritual gifts are to be exercised by faith to strengthen and comfort people for them to walk by faith. Can you see how instrumental faith is? Some of us have gifts that are more public, speaking-oriented gifts. Talks about prophecy, meaning proclaiming truth. Talks about teaching. Talks about exhorting. Talks about extending mercy. All of those involve typically talking to people. You know what? For some of us, we may say, I don't want to talk to anybody. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But it can't be talking to somebody. But what is, how does faith? Faith launches us into areas that God knows we can do through his strength. And we can be a blessing and a help to people. Would, would any of you say to me this morning that you have found that your gift has given you opportunities that maybe when you were younger that you never expected to use. That would be my case. I mean, really. I'm not just looking for a show of hands. I think that's very, very true. You know why? God is the only omnipotent one in the room. He's the only one that knows. He knows what this body needs. He knows what your family needs. And he knows what I need and what you need. Go to Romans 12. Romans 12. Getting some background here. We'll get into back to 1 Corinthians 12. <clears throat> I hope today. To emphasize my point, and so you don't think I'm taking the scripture out of context, notice what it says um, in verse 3. 12, 1 and 2 are very important about not being conformed to the world in any way, shape, or form, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Look at verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the what? Measure of faith. And the context here, if you go on, is about spiritual gifts. My point is, Paul is addressing the danger of pride in spiritual gifts and emphasizing to us that it's not a matter of pride on any, any basis. The emphasis of spiritual gifts, your gift and my gift, is to build faith. Faith in the promises of God, faith in trusting God in difficult times, Faith in 
going where we may not want to go, faith in speaking boldly to people that we may not feel comfortable to speak. What are we doing to take our gifts and abilities and build people's faith? Have you built anybody's faith this week? Have you said any faith-building things to anybody this week? That's a sobering question, isn't it? We've all said all kinds of things. We've spoken thousands, maybe tens and hundreds of thousands of words. I don't know. But the real question is, are those words really benefiting other people by building their faith? One more passage. And that is 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4. I'm trying to lay some groundwork today. Go to 1 Peter 4. And I find in this passage, we'll go quickly, four important things about gifts. 1 Peter 4, look at verse 10 and 11. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Four quick things. Number one, all believers have the gift or gifts. And I think when it says the gift, it's speaking about that one motivational gift that doesn't have to be activated or pushed or prodded. It's just in us. It's the way God has wired us. And when we became a believer, he activates it. He gives it to us. Second thing, gifts are given for us to be stewards. Did you notice that word here in 1 Peter 4? It talked about stewards. Stewards. What's a steward? A steward somebody who manages another person's property. And I wrote this down. The place um, of stewardship is wherever we are. Stewards are to be believers utilizing their spiritual gift. We are stewarding God's gift for the purpose of ministering. And the person who supplies the money to the steward is God himself. And you know what he gives us? The grace to step out by faith, to use our gift, to minister faith to one another. That is exactly what's being spoken of here. God is the grace dispenser. So our gift can be used to manifest or to minister grace and faith to others. I challenge us this morning. Are we using the gift and letting God's grace, by the way, how do we appropriate God's grace? Humbleness. Humbleness. Here we are. 
gifts, third thing, gifts fall into two broad categories. Did you notice them here in verses 10 and 11? 1 Peter 4, he says, uh, actually verse 11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth. Do you realize the true, even though there are specific gifts, they all fall under two categories. Speaking gifts, gifts of giving words, encouragement, exhortation, preaching, teaching, mercy, that kind of thing. And then there are gifts that are involved with ministry, serving, ruling, um, those kinds of gifts. And so the important thing is here, you notice what he is saying. God is telling us that if you have a speaking gift, the goal is not how many words you speak, it's how many of God's words you speak, as of the oracles of God. Speaking God's word everywhere we go. And if you have a gift that falls under ministering, you're doing it in what? God's strength. God's strength. You know what that means to me? I'm not just ministering and doing things for people that I know I can do. I am doing things that I'm not sure I see how I can do it. But with God's strength, I'm going to try. Do you see how faith and grace, all these things tie together as it relates to spiritual gifts? God hasn't gifted us so he can just be praised for his kindness and his goodness. He's given us spiritual gifts so that we can manifest his grace to build our faith, to help others build their Faith. Do you realize if you will take time to pray for a friend, either with them or apart from them, that ought to be a prayer that we pray. Lord, build their faith. Encourage their faith in God. We can be praying that all of the time. I wrote down four takeaways. Are you building your life in faith and others' lives as well? Are you ministering by faith using your main motivational gift that God has given to you? Are you spotting and confessing any pride issues based on your spiritual gift? God won't let your spiritual gift be utilized and it won't build faith if it's done in a proud, haughty way. And lastly, is your ultimate purpose for your spiritual gift to glorify God? And I forgot to emphasize that. Look with me back. Are you in 1 Peter 4? Notice verse 11. Why should we speak? Why should we minister? Because God giveth us that ability, that middle of the verse, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So do you realize what God is saying? He's saying, I love you, believer. I've gifted you with gifts so that you could build faith, that your gift and faith would encourage others to build their gift and faith, 
that ultimately God would be glorified. I hope you know your gift. But really what I was trying to do more than know your gift was not be ignorant, as it said back in 1 Corinthians 12, of what really is the purpose for the gifts that God gives. If you're 13 years of age in here, and you are a born-again believer, God has given you a gift. Start now to use it to build faith. If you're 73 in here today, and you've been saved for a long time, challenge yourself this morning by answering the question, what are you doing with your gifts to build the faith of others? Are you reaching others? Are you ministering to others? Are you talking to others? Are you doing with your gift what God's priority is to do? There isn't anything more important. If you build a person's faith, you've built a foundation that will help them through all of life's challenges. Would you agree with that? It makes a difference. Faith is substance. It's not wishy-washy. It knows what it believes from the Word of God, and it does what the Word of God says. And boy, do we need people like that? We sure do. We need people like that all over our church, in our school. People that are living and purposing to walk by faith. Don't you wish we had a little faith meter? Could walk around. I don't know where you'd put it, on the head or the heart. I'm not sure where you'd put it. But, um, and it could measure our faith. But I also remind you one last thing. Jesus doesn't say you have to have great faith. He says you have to have faith as of a mustard seed doesn't take some great tremendous faith step but would you begin today to take even the smallest steps of faith and particularly the context here is in your spiritual gift building up others faith be an interesting exercise for us to do sometime meet together like this and ask everybody to divide up in the spiritual gifts and then have the groups talk about what it is that their gift struggles with to live by faith and what they could do to overcome that and to help others with that same gift build their faith. Be a good thing for us to talk about in the future, I think. What are you doing with your spiritual gift? Is it active? Is it alert to other people's needs? Is it involved in praying and talking and encouraging? I finish with this. 
a good friend from years gone by, I've mentioned his name before, Daryl Barlow. Daryl was my Sunday school teacher at a Baptist church out south here when I first came to Kansas City 45 years ago. <clears throat> I really grew under Daryl Barlow. But a significant step of faith was when Daryl said to me, Bob, I go out every Thursday night and talk to people about the Lord. Would you come with me? Now he wasn't just asking me to show up in Sunday school and sit in a chair and listen. He was asking me to step out of my comfort zone and go, and you know where he did? Door to door. What he did. You know what? His faith challenged my lack of faith. But I'll never forget Daryl Barlow. You know why? Because he didn't let me say no. He kept encouraging me, and I started to go. And he's the guy that taught me one thing about door knocking. If nobody's there or they don't care, move on to the next door. Keep going till you find somebody that'll listen. Keep talking to people about the Lord. Haven't seen Daryl. I'm not sure he's still alive, actually. <clears throat> All I'm saying is Daryl, he had the gift of teaching, by the way. The spiritual gift of teaching. He was quite an exhorter. Had a large Sunday school class. Boy, did he let his gift infiltrate my life and encourage me to walk by faith even knocking on doors. Do you have a Daryl Barlow in your life? Will you be a Daryl Barlow? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. <clears throat> we thank you that 